Hello and welcome to my podcast. My name is Diego de Stapia and I hope you have a great goddamn day. So today I wanted to talk about the problem with the self-help industry. Now, I have many, many problems with the self-help industry, but let's just start things off simply by focusing on my first problem, and that is the very definition of the word self-help. If you look up the word, the, the, the definition for the word, you'll see this, the action or process of bettering oneself or overcoming one's problems without the aid of others. Another definition is this, the coping with one's personal or emotional problems without professional help. So that's pretty self-explanatory, right? If the word says self-help, then that means you're doing all the work by yourself. Yet, <clears throat> the problem with the self-help industry is that it doesn't abide by the very definition it has. The industry targets one issue you may be having, and then with the help of social media ads that are fully aware of that issue you have, bombards you with ads about self-help books that help you take care of that very issue. Feeling lonely? Not to worry, read How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, and your loneliness will be taken care of. Ladies, are you having trouble with your confidence? Not to worry, read Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis, and your confidence will be taken care of. The nature of these books does not abide by the very definition that is self-help. It's just like George Collins said, if you're reading it in a book, folks, it ain't self-help, it's help. So, okay. Self-help books don't, don't, that doesn't mean you take care of the issue on your own. It means you are being helped by another person. Still, there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with seeking out help from another person. No, of course not. God, no. It's okay to seek out help. But here's with my, more than my other issue with the self-help industry arises. The help that a lot of these self-help industries or self-help gurus are giving you are either A, telling you to do and be like them, or B, are ripping you off and just fucking ruining your lives, dude. Now, okay, let me focus on the self-help books and gurus that tell you to do and be like them. You know, the first example that immediately comes to mind that illustrates this issue is a video I saw on Instagram with Steve Harvey. Now, like, I don't know if Steve Harvey would be considered a self-help guru or if he even has written a self-help book, but the advice he was giving out in this video is something I have seen done by other self-help gurus. Man, just fuck ton of them, man. So, okay, the video had Steve Harvey making this passionate speech that told others how to be successful. He started off by saying that successful people don't sleep 10 or 9 or hell, man, even 8 hours a day. He said that successful people wake up at 5 a.m. and go to sleep at 11 p.m. or fuck, even 12 a.m. He said that you only need 5 or 6 hours of sleep a day, and that means you will have 18 or 19 hours a day to get hustling, to work your ass off however you can in order to be successful. This, this advice on how to be successful is one that can be seen across nearly every self help book. Do you want to be as rich as Elon Musk? Well, then you have to go work 80 to 100 hours a week in order to you know, match his success. Do you want to be as muscular and big as Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Well, then you'll have to wake up at 4 a.m., bolt out of bed, screaming and bracing yourself for the gym in order to make this devil say, ah, shit, he's awake. That's something that Dwayne himself has said. You know, you've, you've got to the second you get out of bed and put your feet on the ground, you got to make the devil say, oh, shit, man, he's awake. <laughs> and then do you, you want to start as many businesses as Gary Vaynerchuk? Well, then you'll have to sleep four hours a day so you can have 20 hours left to hustle your ass off. 
You want to be a successful author, just like Stephen King, you'll have to write 2,000 words in a day to make it happen. So here's the thing. This is a problem, you guys. Blindly following the methods of those that came before you does not guarantee you results. I mean, I, I, I tried doing this, and guess what? It didn't help me, man. Now, I talked about my experience following these methods before in other episodes, but I'll talk about it a little bit right now my experience following this advice. See, during the beginning of my writing journey, I followed pretty much all the advice that I just gave you. Like Elon Musk, I worked almost 80 hours a week as I wrote my book. Like Dwayne Johnson, I woke up fucking early, five, four, early. Like Gary Vaynerchuk, I slept very little. And like Stephen Keane, I tried to write 2,000 words in a day. I did this because I thought that this would guarantee me success. It didn't. Instead, it made me fucking miserable and exhausted. And when I became miserable and exhausted, I felt guilty and I would tell myself, you're just being fucking weak, Diego. Quit it. Gary Vaynerchuk works 16 hours a day. Stephen King writes 2,000 fucking words a day. If they can do it, I can do it too. I fucking have to. If I'm not working 16 hours a day, if I'm not writing 2,000 words in a day, then I'm fucking failing. I'm not trying hard enough. The failure is on me and me only. This mindset ultimately took me to my breaking point, and it was during my breaking point where I ended up putting the self back in self-help. See, it was only when I had an honest conversation with myself that I figured out the best methods that would help me achieve my goal of becoming a successful author. So the way to help myself was to pretty much discard all the methods that I had been blindly following. I stopped working as much as Elon Musk, I stopped waking up as early as Dwayne Johnson, and I allowed myself to sleep more than Gary slept and promised myself that I would get, at the very minimum, eight hours of sleep a day. Sleep is very, very important for me. And I also stopped striving striving to hit the same deadline Stephen Keen met by no longer shooting for 2,000 words in a day, and instead I I strived for my own goal, which was 1,000 words in a day. Basically, what I did was say fuck you to all the methods I was told to do by others and I came up with my own methods that would help me achieve my goals. Like I said before, I put the self back in self-help and honestly, I think a lot of us can begin to do this. Now, there will be exceptions, like say you struggle immensely with anxiety, depression, then you won't be able to do as much self-help on your own. You will need professional and external help and again, that's okay, there's nothing wrong with that. But for those of us who are lucky enough not to be worn down by anxiety and depression, which, and then you should know that the best way to achieve your goal is by coming up with your own methods to achieve it. Now I'm backtracking here, but there's a point to what I'm about to say. So, okay. What do Dwayne Johnson, Gary Vaynerchuk, Elon Musk, and Stephen King all have in common? Well, in order to achieve the success that they have garnered, they all worked their ass off to to get that goal to get their success this is something that working your ass off it's not going to ever change no matter what goal you may be maybe you're writing a book just like me or maybe you're trying to come up with a hot new app whatever you're doing you're going to have to put in the hard work you're going to put a lot of time to make your goal your dream a reality but see You don't have to work the same hours as Elon Musk does. You have to figure out your own limitations and rob your schedule to those limitations. When it came to my writing, I had to figure out how many quality hours I could work in a day. That's the key word, quality. And I learned that I could write some 
good quality content within six hours, which was split into two, three hour sessions in a day. You're going to have to do the same. So stop being like Dwayne Johnson. Stop working as many hours as Gary Vaynerchuk and start figuring out the best methods that work out for you. Put the self back in self-help, you guys. Okay. I've talked about the first issue. Now let me talk about the second issue I have with the self-help industry, which is that the help that a lot of these self-help industries or self-help gurus are giving you are ripping you off and they're ruining your lives. In order to clarify this issue, I thought it would be best by sharing my own experience with a self-help course known as the Mastery in Transformational Training. Before I share my story, let me just share what the purpose of this course is. The purpose, ultimately, is to make you a better human being, to make you happier, kinder, more successful, more powerful, and of course, there's nothing wrong with all of these things, nothing at all. So any decent fucking human being wants to be a better version of themselves. Any decent human being wants to grow and improve. And if they don't, if they want to remain stagnant for the rest of their lives, well, that's just fucking sad, dude. That really is. Anywho, let me share my story and share how this course rips you off and has the capability, has the capacity to ruin your life. Okay, so I took this course, I think it was three times. There's the Mastery and Transformational Training and then there's another department of theirs that's called Torch, which is it's, it's the same exact course aimed for kids between 13 and 18 years old, if my memory serves me correctly. Now, I don't have too big of a problem with Torch. Why? It's ultimately because it's the, the course is free. At least it was when I took it. I'm not sure if it is still free today. But so, you know, if you end up taking the Torch course, and you're you're an hour in and you're thinking this is a waste of my fucking time and you just walk out and hey you're fine because you really made no investment other than your time you didn't lose any money which MITT doesn't you you can't get a refund it's a, it's a ton of fucking money dude anywho so i won't be sharing my first experience with MITT which oh yeah just in case it stands for mastery and transformational training MITT be so I won't share my first experience with them because at the at the young age of 15, the course, the first time I took it, it the course rode me the wrong way. I didn't like it. I didn't like how forceful everything felt. And I thought the prices for it were just fucking ridiculous. So again, even at that young and stupid age of 15, I thought the best way to change, to make a change in your life was to look inward and make the change well by yourself. Unfortunately, I didn't share this mentality when I took the course again four years later. It's late 2013, and I'm 19 years old. It's been a year since I graduated high school. I'm not, not exactly doing really well for myself. I can't get, get a basic minimum wage job. I have no sense of direction of what I'm going to do with my life, and the relationship I'm in is starting to grow worse and worse. Granted, look, here, this is all my fault. I can't get a job because I'm such a, I'm a fucking insecure mess. I do have an idea of what to do with my life, becoming an author, but my confidence to try that path out died near the beginning of the of that year, maybe it was 2012. And my relationship, it's growing worse because this was a relationship that was never supposed to last that long. Why? It's because I didn't believe the girl I was with was my soulmate. But rather than end the relationship, I did nothing and just let it be, just let it go on and on and on. So, okay, I have no job, I have no vision of my future, and my relationship is going downhill. 
I don't like that one bit. I want to make a change. I want to make things better. So I remember the course I took four years ago and I signed up for the first class, which is called basic training. Now, before I go on with the story, I just want to put out put it out there that my mentality during this phase in my life is as a yes man. This means that I am not thinking on my own and have placed my full trust on MIT team, hoping that after I take this course that all of my problems will be taken care of. So that's exactly how I ended up taking the first course, which is really more of a lecture done by a life coach, as they call them, who can be seen as the teacher. And this course has a total of about 40 or 50 students who take the class for about four or five hours for two, two days. I think it was two days. Now, unfortunately, I can't remember much of the shit the life coach said. All I remember is how I felt in that, in that first course, the basic training. And I felt motivated and happy and optimistic. And I felt this way because I fully gave in to the atmosphere that this course creates. Because again, I'm a fucking yes man during this time. So I don't have much to say about the force course because because ultimately not much happened during those days. However, I do have a lot of shit to say about the second course, which is called the advanced training course. This training is done for, I think it was four days and lasts for about 12 hours in a fucking day. The way this training was described was as a fast-paced therapy session where normally you would take five years to make a breakthrough with trauma or anything, you know, so, yeah, something the demons you're, you're harboring in your life. This course forced you to make a breakthrough within four day, within those four days. And what you do within those four days varies a ton. Gosh, I, I'm going off track here for a moment because I just remember the film mm, Boy You Race. And watching that film was extremely uncomfortable because... It had a lot of methods that were used in the advanced training I took. See, okay, so here's the thing. Boy Race tells the story of Jared, a gay teen from a hardcore Christian family. When his family learns that he's gay, his father forces him to enroll in a gay conversion program so that he can get rid of his disease, his gayness, and become a better man. Jared participates in this course thinking this is it's fucking bullshit and that all the faculty and coaches, they're just out of their fucking mind. And well, during the end of the film, he finally reaches his breaking point and stands up for himself during an exercise where he reads his sins from a journal. And as Jer- Jared holds his ground against his coach, coach uh, Jared, he's growing more angry and angry. Notice, noticing this anger, his coach decides to take a chair out onto the stage. He tells Jared that the empty chair represents his father before telling him to shout at him, to curse at him, to blame him for all the problems he has. Jared refuses, replying that he's not angry at his dad or his mom, but rather at the coach before walking away. So Jared had the strength to walk away from that god-awful program, from that god-awful exercise, but see, I didn't. Sometime in the second or third day of my advanced training, I went through the exact same chair exercise Jared did. And it was during this exercise that I, for the first time since I took the course, felt uncomfortable. Why? Well, it's because my coach sat me down before placing an empty chair in front of me. He took out the chair because I was the only one in the room who hadn't participated fully in the last exercise. Why can't you invest in yourself, my coach had asked me. Who's stopping you, he pressed me. Who are you angry at? I stared at the empty chair as I noticed the whole room staring at me. 
My heart raced, my breath escalated, but I said nothing. Is it your mom? My coach continued. I closed my eyes and I thought of my mom. I smiled. Your dad? The coach asked me again. I thought of my dad and I felt strong. Your sister? I thought of my sister and shook my head. Then who is it? My coach raised his voice. Who are you angry at, Diego? Who is holding you back? No one, I thought. I'm angry at no one. I love my mom. I love my dad. I love my sister. I'm angry at no one. I told my coach this, and instead of believing me, he got on his knees, placed a hand on my shoulder, and the guy was on the brink of tears, pointed, pointed at the chair and shouted, Whoever's sitting on that chair has hurt you, and the only way to move forward is by facing them. Let it out, Diego. Let it out. Get angry. Get sad. Let it out. <laughs> I looked at the rest of the room at my colleagues waiting to move on to the next exercise, and I sighed, and I faked it, you guys. I got angry. I got sad. I shouted at the top of my lungs and I punched the chair a bunch of times as I let it out. I hate you, I screamed at no one. You ruined me, I yelled, bringing down my fist on the chair as my coach screamed with ecstasy. Yes, Diego, yes, let it out, let it out. <laughs> I gave my coach what he wanted and pulled my best Daniel Plain, Plain View from There Will Be Blood. I was like, I've abandoned my child. I've abandoned my boy. <laughs> <laughs> All the while, my coach is acting Paul Dano's part, and he's just like in ecstasy. He's like, yes, get out of here, demon. Get out of him. <laughs> oh, my God. Those people are fucking whack jobs. Anyway, um, I said that this course, uh, a representation of the self-help industry, has the ability of ruining your life. And by using the example I just gave, MITT has the cap capacity to ruin someone's life because it can be abusive. How, how can it be abusive? Well, let's take a look back at me staring at an empty chair. This exercise was only brought up because I hadn't participated in the last exercise. My coach ultimately forced me to partake in this exercise, and I, wanting to move on to the next task, chose to do it, chose to fake it. But here's the thing. You know, what if I hadn't chosen to do it? What if I had said no? What would have happened? Well, I can picture my coach pushing me more and more until he finally realizes that I won't budge. Then, once he realizes that, you know, I'm not going to fucking, I won't participate, he would have probably said something that would have blamed, placed the blame on me. You're holding yourself back, he might tell me, my coach might, might tell me. You won't get past your anger. You won't become the best version of yourself when you take, until you take part in this chair exercise. That's, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what he will say, but I'm sure, you know, he would end up putting the blame on me. The blame the, and the, the, the abuse, it, it would have been extremely subtle to the point where I would have been questioning whether this course was toxic or not, which I think is known as gaslighting, a type of emotional abuse where the abuser makes their target, their, their victim, question their judgment and reality, which... I often find my found myself doing really um after I, I took this course like was it was it really toxic was it abusive was it unhealthy or was it just I not participating enough you know you know I, I was left with a lot of those questions after I took that course but anyway I'll, I'll share one more story 
during this um, that I yeah took the advanced training course that depicts how this course, how basically, which is again, a rep this course is a representation of the self-help industry, how this story can, it'll show how it can both rip you off and ruin your life. So, okay, let's continue where I left off. After the chair exercise, I pretty much faked it till I made it. See, up until the chair exercise, I had been a yes man and engaged in every activity without feeling uncomfortable. After the chair exercise, I felt uncomfortable. I didn't like the activities we were doing because it just felt so forced. I had to force myself to try to cry or scream, and I had to force myself to smile, and this discomfort never went away, and on the last day and on the last activity that we did, this discomfort soared to an extreme degree. This last activity broke the classroom into teams that were made up of four people. I ended up in a group with four dudes around my age. So, okay, let me backtrack here for a little bit. MITT is held in hotels near the LAX airport. And up until this activity, all the shit we were doing in the advanced training was held inside some big conference room. This last activity changed that. This was the first time we were engaging with the outside world, with other people in the hotel who don't give a flying fuck or even know what the fuck MITT. God bless you people. <laughs> so, on the last activity, my group and I are supposed to talk to at least three strangers, three other people, and tell them uh, about a great experience we had in the hotel. We tell them about the course without sharing too much information because that was a big rule MITT had. Don't tell your parents or your family what it is you're going through here. They would always t um, tell us, which was sketchy, right? Yeah, it was pretty fucking sketchy, man. Fuck, this rule was the same shit I went through with a company I dealt with many years later, World Financial Group, a company that ended up being, hey, guess fucking what? A fucking pyramid scheme, and that's what MITT ultimately is, a pyramid scheme. The true purpose of this last activity was to try and enroll others into, into the MITT program. But the purpose our coaches told us was that it was a great exercise to get yourself out of your comfort zone. It's just it's fucking bullshit, man. Anyway, back to the story. My group splits up and I end up walking up to a man in his 60s. I'm, yeah, it was in the lobby, the lobby of the hotel. I walk up to this man who's in his 60s. He's he just minding his own business, reading his newspaper in the lobby of the hotel. I clear my throat and ask if the man has a minute. The man sighs, puts down his newspaper and says, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Already, I'm feeling uncomfortable because I'm placing myself in the old man's shoes. If I were him, I wouldn't want to be approached during my me time. I would want to be left alone. That's what the old man wants. I can sense it. Yet the old man is kind enough to grant me his intention. I remain silent for a moment as he waits for me to open up, to talk. I tap my foot. I scan my surroundings and I smile nervously as I work up the courage to speak words that I just don't mean, that I don't believe in, to give him a speech that I don't believe in. Shut up, I would think to myself. Just say the words and let's get this shit over with. So I, I end up doing that. I tell him how happy and amazing I'm feeling and I tell him that this happiness is due to a course that I just took that's being offered here in the hotel, MITT. Once I grow silent, the old man gives a half-hearted smile and tells me, Glad you're so happy. Then he wishes me a good day, gets up, and leaves. Thinking back on that day, I know that that old man saw straight to my lies. He, he, he knew I didn't believe any of the words that I told him, and he knew that deep down I was miserable. He felt sorry for me. MITT promises you that their courses will make you a better person, 
It promises you happiness and power and all that it asks in return is one easy payment of $600 for the basic training, one easy payment of $1,500 for the advanced training, and for the for full and extensive legacy program, not only would need to put down three grand, but they'll also need your promise and investment that you'll do everything in your power to enroll others into this amazing and life-changing course. Fuck that, right? Yeah, fuck that. This course, especially the legacy program, which I refuse to take, rips you off and wastes your time because of all the focus that is spent on enrolling others. Fuck, man. The tactics your coaches will use on you during the advanced training are no different than the tactics seen in the boy in the film Boy Race, which I highly recommend seeing. It's it's a very disturbing film. To, um, it's the tactics the tactics they use. It's just, they're fuck they're ineffective, and they don't get to the root cause of whatever issue you may having. Did you just suffer from rape? Here's a chair. Scream at it and tell it how much it fucking hurts you. Did you just lose your dad in a car crash? Here's a chair. Picture your mother and scream at her for taking him away from you. Just let it out. You'll be fine. Jesus fucking Christ. These people, these coaches, they don't know what the fuck they're doing, man. Just like the boy, the coach in Boy Race, the coaches here in MITT don't have the true experience or qualifications to actually help you. A true and life-altering change in your life is complex. The time and methods to make that change differ, differ from person to person. If you just experience a torment like rape, it'll take years and a whole lot of methods to heal. It's going to take a lot of more than self-help books or bullshit courses like MITT to begin the healing process. Fucking Christ, man. Whew. So, <laughs> I may have gone off the rails there towards the end, but if there's one thing I'd like to say before I end this episode, it's this. Tread carefully whenever you approach the self-help industry. Better yet, when it approaches you. Yeah. At the end of the day, the self-help industry is a thriving business that makes billions and billions of dollars off of your inability to find peace with who you are. If you are unhappy with yourself, if you struggle with confidence, if you struggle with self-love, then the self-help industry is going to fucking capitalize the fuck out of your misfortune. Now, that's not to say that there aren't sincere self-help gurus out there that truly want to help you, because there are. There are some good books out there. There are some good courses out there. And there are some good self-help gurus out there. Fuck, I dabble with the self-help industry a bit with the podcast I absorb. But see, here's the thing. The podcast I absorb aren't explicitly saying, here's how to be happy or here's how to grow more confident. No, the podcasts are more casual and have the guests or hosts share stories about their life. And these stories, though the, the hosts or guests don't have the intention of being inspiring, end up saying something that makes me want to make a change in my life. Nevertheless, I'm aware that self-help, which again, is really the aim of making one's life, one, one's life better, of overcoming your personal and emotional problems by yourself, means just that. You will have to make the change by yourself. You can read the best self-help books out there. You can make the best take the, the <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> you can take the best self-help course known to man but if you don't end up applying what you learn then your life will never change besides that remember that if a self-help guru you idolize tells you to read a certain number of books to increase your intelligence or exercise for three hours a day to maximize your endurance know that it's okay to dis disagree with what this guru is saying Know that it's okay not to take their advice so that you can figure out just how many hours of exercise is effective for you or 
any I think anything other than exercise, maybe reading, whatever. You have the power to make a change in your life. You have the power to find peace with who you are. You don't need to purchase the hottest new self-help book to make this realization. The faster you realize this, the faster you'll make that change. As always, thank you for listening. It really means the world. So that this will be the last episode I'll post, stream of consciousness episode I'll post for a good while. Um, I think this will be released in October. Um, and the next episodes I have in mind, uh, I, I want to do something with my dad. It'll be my first interview. Because, I mean, he, he, he has a hell of a story. You know, he, he came here from Mexico, pretty much built an entire empire, biz business from the ground up from nothing. And he's given jobs to so many dozens of people. It's, he, he's got a great story. And um, I'm pretty sure I can probably break down that story to like three parts because he talks a lot. He loves to talk. <laughs> so that, that's the next episode I want to do. Uh, interview my dad. And I'd like to interview him with my sister. And I'd like to do that on video. It'd probably be only available on YouTube. So that's what I'm going to be working on next. And... Every now and then, if I, if I if I get the idea an idea for a stream of consciousness episode, I'll, hey, I'll put it up there. So until then, I'm not sure when I'll see you again, but until then, I wish you nothing but the best. I hope you have a great day. Thank you.